podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast. I'm Trev Denny and I'm podcasting to you as always from a field here in beautiful rural Ireland. And joining me on this episode of the show are Cam Branch and Guy Drinkle. We have no Carl for the second show in a row. It's almost like he's uh, decided to throw us over, but it couldn't be helped on either occasion. He was away and in transit, um, respectively. So uh, he'll be back with us next week for you Carl fans. Have no fears. Uh, We should get started, as we always do, with our individual contributions. And I've been watching a show, lads, called Sons of Anarchy um, on Hmm. Netflix. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. Um, Indeed. You are? Okay, nice one. Well, it's a very solid show. It's one of those ones that kept me watching, despite the fact that there are seven seasons. Now, it gets a little bit repetitive in terms of the way the plot goes with terrible disaster, blah, blah, blah. But there's always these unfolding secrets that keep you kind of hooked in. There was a character. Well, there were several characters, actually, because there was a tie-in. There's a charter of the motorcycle club in Belfast. And that charter and the American charter have connections with the IRA. And let's just say that the way in which the northern irish boys are put across is shall we say stereotypical now that's fine in and of itself all of us irish people are used to um that kind of hackneyed uh, stage irish kind of thing uh, happen in american movies but normally we hope for a certain level of ability from the people who are portraying irish people when it comes to the accents now, there's glaringly awful examples. I was going to play a few of them there. It's a brilliant compilation on YouTube of some of the most Irish, uh, awful Irish accents ever essayed on camera. People go to Tom Cruise and and, and, and uh, Nicole Kidman in Far and Away, and people always have a good laugh at Sean Connery's Irish accent, where he just talks like Sean Connery in The Untouchables. There is a whole sort of array of awful ones. But my God, the character who plays one of the lead uh, scary IRA fellas, Titus Welliver, um, he is, he's the actor who plays one of those guys in Sons of Anarchy. And apparently, Cam, you've recommended the show Bosch to me, haven't you? Uh, yeah, it's excellent. Yeah, I've heard it's great. And I, I had a bit of a go at, at Titus uh, and uh, the Bosch fanboys were out defending him. Um but man alive, just listen to this. It doesn't know where it is. Now, can I ask, Guy, would you know the difference between a Northern Irish accent and a, and a Southern Irish accent? And by the way, that in itself is a stupid statement because <laughs> there's a there's a different accent about 20 miles up the road from me. But generally speaking, would you yeah. know some of the, the different traits? Yeah. yeah. Cam, would you say the same? No, I wouldn't, no. You wouldn't? No. Ha, okay, okay. Well, whatever it is Titus is doing here is some sort of, well, it's just, let me just play it for you. This is just literally 10 seconds of him shouting. It's a, a tense situation. He's got a gun pointed at someone. Um, a, it's it's all very, very tense. And just listen. I'm taking my family home. I mean, when was Birmingham I'm taking, I'm taking my family home. <laughs> what in the name of Jesus is happening there? Uh, it's 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 and like it gets worse and worse. That's just a small 
I mean, I could have picked anything, lads, to be honest. It was sort of universally awful throughout. All the Belfast scenes were, were a chore to stick with. But um, it just got me thinking about some of the work. I again, maybe it's just because I always took pride in being able to do accents and imitate accents. And, 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 and uh, you know, mimicry was one of those things that I always practiced when I was a kid with my brother and some of my pals. So when I see an actor, like a really, really good actor who can't do it, it just <laughs> drives me insane. Uh, so I wanted to just ask a quick question to both of you then. Uh, can you think of the worst Irish or other accent that you've seen attempted? It, does anything stand out for you uh, in your history of watching? Maybe like for you, it might be someone who's trying to be where you're from and therefore you particularly know as a I was thinking um, Snatch and some of the accents with the, <laughs> yeah. uh, with, with the gypsies as such. And, um, yeah, yeah. Um, apparently they did not go down too well with the, the wider community from what I remember. So to me, the untrained ear on Irish accents, it was like, okay, it's an Irish accent, you know. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't think um, folks were too happy about that, were they, at the time? I don't, I- I don't think you can get away with saying you've an untrained ear with Irish accents. I've <laughs> talked talk to me for four years now on this show. You might have a slightly trained ear. Yeah, yeah, that was that's true. That the, the whole do you like dags kind of thing. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, oddly enough, I I kind of enjoyed Brad Pitt's mashup kind of accent there far more than I did his. Uh, that one where he plays again an IRA chap with Harrison Ford. What's that movie called? Is it The Devil's Own? Yeah, The Devil's Own. And you know, it's not bad. At least he does a consistent Northern Irish accent all the way through. That it's not brilliant, but it's not bad. It's one of his better ones. Uh, I've, I've a bit of time for Brad when it comes to that kind of stuff compared to some of them. Guy, what about a few? Anything stand out in terms of just awful, awful attempts at accents? I'm not sure what film it's from, and it's mainly from Family Guy taking the mick, but I'm sure there's one where Liam Neeson's a cowboy, and it's terrible. <laughs> I can't remember Liam the Neeson film. Liam Neeson is just terrible full stop, so... <laughs> I, I, would, I would fully believe that, because Liam Neeson's one of those guys who just... If, if you allow him to play Liam Neeson, he's absolutely fine. He can do a little twang of an American accent, but I'd say if you ask Liam Neeson to do a regional American accent, yeah. game over game over yeah I, that's that's a brilliant shout have actually you heard, have you heard the story about sean bean and game of thrones no go ahead so so the starks were meant to be like just normal sound normal english like the queen's english because kit harrington I, I think it was graham norton show he was talking about was it always meant to be northern and he went no i i, I did all the audition and stuff in in queen's english and normal english and then they asked um saying sean bean if, if he could just do a normal accent he just went no. <laughs> so, <laughs> so all the Starks had to be Norman because of Sean Bean. <laughs> that, I, I, I think that's fantastic. I think Sean Bean tried it when he was um, a double O agent in one of the Bond movies. Mm. And it just it just didn't take. I mean, I Sean like Bean's... Up... That's one of my favourite Bonds. Is that the one he's in? Yeah. There you go. And he, and he gets killed like he does in everything. Yeah. Satellite falls on him. <laughs> there's, there's a... Tr- oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's an absolutely tremendous compilation video on YouTube of all the time Sean Bean's been killed, which is basically every film he's in. Uh, if you're looking for a things to entertain you, that's two I've given you now. Awful Irish accents compilation and uh, Sean Bean deaths. Uh, Cam, what have you got to start us off with? You normally have a quote or two. Yeah, I've got two quick quotes for you. Uh, three sentences in, in total. So the first one is, if you play at Anfield for me, it's not a tactical game. It's to play with confidence, to trust the players. Second quote, there are few things more unfair than getting compared with Jurgen Klopp. Both from the same man? Both from the same man. Is it your pal Daishi again? No, it's not. Uh... Daishi compared with Jurgen Klopp. Nice one, Trev. Yeah, listen, that's that's how highly I rate Daishi. <laughs> some some say Daishi is the clop of Burn. <laughs> uh, some say Daishi struggles to be the clop of his own front room. Let's be honest. Um, I, I uh, a guy, any guesses who that might be? I have no idea. Go on and put us out of our misery. Your favourite, Tommy Tuchel. 
Tommy Tuchel. Apparently, I haven't seen any of the... I can't bring myself to watch Match of the Day anymore. And I missed highlights, packages over the last two weekends. So I haven't seen any of Chelsea yet. But apparently, he's grown a beard and and, uh, um, and, and started to look more and more like Jürgen. Um, well, a very emaciated serial killer version of Jürgen. But apparently, that's the case. Uh, is that right, Tommy's, Tommy's spotting a beard these days? I don't remember that. I saw a little bit of the game on Sunday. I don't recall seeing him having a beard. I think he's got stubble yeah. rather than a beard. Right, yeah. I think. You, you, you were probably both a little bit um, distracted by the fact that they look a bit scary, let's be honest, well, if Chelsea. You, if you're looking at Thomas Tuchel, you kind of want to keep your eyes on him, not his face, because it's dangerous, <laughs> you know? <laughs> 100%. Even he can Cru- play Dracula, can he? Oh, he'd be an ace vampire. Even on crutches, he, he had me spooked, I'll be honest. He, he, you know, remember that time he was hobbling around on crutches? I didn't, I didn't believe a word of it. Didn't believe a word of it. False sense of security. Yeah, you know, if, if if there was a potential victim there, he's just going to levitate straight across towards him. You just know <laughs> what's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> creepy vampire style. Ah, uh, yeah, Tommy Tuchel and the the, the crawl space of lore. I I, I I look forward to a season of uh, riffing off Tommy. Guy, what have you got for us? Uh, please tell me you've got another um, film. I have a crossover. Oh, good. Nice, nice. I have film-related content and Carl-related content. Oh, wow. So this is a quote from possibly the worst film of Will Ferrell's career and John C. Riley's career. Holmes and Watson. Oh, fantastic. Right, go for it. A bit of morning cocaine always helps the brain. (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) That that is from Dr. Watson. Can I ask, have you seen said horror show? Fucking no, hell, no, <laughs> no. I, I, life's life's kind of too short, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you just know by looking at it, that's just going to be a shit show. And honestly, I usually watch those two lads, uh, oh. you know, reading reading the menu. Yeah, Step Brothers you know, is just a masterpiece. Step Brothers is good. What's that one? What's that Shake and Bake? What's that one? Uh, Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights is a bit of crack as well. I normally just watch those lads riffing off each other in anything, but I saw that trailer and I just went, <laughs> no thanks. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I agree with you. Uh, we have uh, we have preambled enough. Um, as ever, I want to give you a chance to talk about the Reds because that's primarily what we're here to do for the most part. But there are lots of interesting stories going on at the moment. My favourite story, which is breaking in the last couple of hours, is Cristiano Ronaldo to uh, Man City. And there are stories everywhere. Um, I'm looking at an article on Sky Sports here now, which says that he is understood to be open to leaving the Serie A club uh, before the current transfer window finishes. Juventus want at least 25 million euros for the 36-year-old who was brought to the club in 2018. And it goes on to talk about uh, his wages, um, which are half a million a week. Um, The fact that... um, the board have no received no formal bid of yet, um, but seem to be allowing it to be out there that he's available. And Manchester City, let's just be honest, what a weird one. What an absolute weird one. I mean, Guy, when you've heard this story in the last while, um, and it, like, there seems to be some weight to it in terms of the strength of the mm. the, uh, the, 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 the rumours. So what, what are you thinking? I mean, how's this, this one sitting with you? It's a strange one because when when you think of where Ronaldo would go next, you you just think he's done with the Premier League. Like he he had his probably the start of his peak at Man United, and obviously he developed there at Man United. Um, but he achieved everything he could at Man United. I think he won a couple Ballon d'Ors. He won the Champions League, multiple leagues. Um, but coming back to Man City, I I just. If it does happen, obviously, I just kind of don't get it. I don't get it. Like you're kind of tarnishing your legend at, um, at a club to, I don't know, just get a free ride. At let's be honest, that if if they sign Ronaldo and don't win the cha- and don't win the Premier League, Pep should be sacked the day he finishes the season finishes. Like 
it's just a weird one. But if he does go there, I think they probably get what they wanted from Kane, but with a bit more superstardom. And it probably doesn't stop them buying the next big thing. I doubt Haaland would go there, for instance, because I don't think Rayleigh Ray Ola... Wait, no, Rayleigh is fucking um, the actor, isn't he? <laughs> uh, Mino, the, the twat agent. Um, Rayola. Rayola, Rayola yeah. Christ. Rayleigh Ola would be better. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm going to call him Mino, because um, I can get distracted that. But I don't think he gets on with Pep. But signing Ronaldo, I don't think that stops him. Like, I don't know, that Vlavic was linked with every club in Europe for a bit, so if they want to sign him, buying him doesn't stop that, whereas I think Kane would, for instance, so yeah. getting Ronaldo, I don't know, it, it's something City've missed for a while, they've never had that superstar, I think they've obviously had world-class players like De Bruyne, Silva, Yaya, company and stuff like that, but they've never had a superstar, I think that's kind of why they signed Jack Grealish and Sterling kind of became that at a point, probably off the back of his mint Euros, he's probably the most high-profile one. But they've never had that Ronaldo. Um, even look at us, I think Salah's probably a superstar. And Van Dijk's a superstar, he'd probably say. But when you look at City, I don't. I just don't think they have that type of player. They've got world-class players, obviously, but is there a big? Is there a bigger... Obviously, I think Messi's better, but is there a bigger superstar player than Ronaldo? I don't think so. No, I guess De Bruyne is obviously their standout um, world star um, for the last while. But yeah, it's an interesting point. And Cam, you know, Guy brings up an interesting thing there. We spoke last week, and I think um, on a couple of other shows as well, about the idea of Grealish being almost like a vanity signing, um, as Guy says. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are saying, I've seen responses saying the same. I mean, if he was going to come back, you would have thought it might be a swan song at United. Um, now that he's going to City, as Guy says, that's a really strange kind of um uh strange decision if there's any truth to this and it seems to be a little bit uh you know not quite official but it seems to be a lot to it i mean what about i mean let's just allow these half million a week wages let's (laughs) let's not forget that so it's not like in any way cheap um but, but is there an argument to be made for making a signing like him i mean i think last year um he scored 29 goals um, wow. in in Syria. Uh, he is for a fairly yeah. long, 36 year old. He's a 30. He's 36, but I mean, he's also sort of you know. And again, by the way, um, for people listening to this who don't want to hear anything about Ronaldo, because you know they have specific ideas about Ronaldo as a human. You know, we're just talking about as a football show here. That's all we're talking about. We're talking about him as a footballer, and that's all because um, you know that's a whole different show uh, and a whole different tone of voice from me if we were to be talking about it. But just as a football um, discussion, I mean, if you can bring bring in someone who who's scored pretty much thirty goals at, at thirty six who is, as Guy says, a renowned world star, maybe you can see a little bit of sense in City doing that in terms of, mm. you know, they missed out on Kane, so maybe this sort of numbs the pain for a season. What do you reckon? Firstly, um, have Manchester United approved the uh, end of the loan deal? Oh, it's a good point, loan, isn't it? It's a good point. You know, I mean, That's uh, a very good point, yeah. I yeah mean, he's alone, so, yeah. Yeah, so until Manchester United approve the loan end of the loan deal, um, <laughs> can this deal actually realistically go ahead? I, I, I had to let myself laugh out loud there in case anyone's listening to the show and going, what the fuck, loan deal? What's this about? <laughs> <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, um, I just don't think he fits the way Man City play the game. Um, I just... He's, I don't know, he's, he's not an out-and-out striker, is he? He likes to come, or he used to like to come from slightly out wider. Mm. He was more of an inside forward like your Mane and your, and, and your Salas. Um, can he, is he going to play as that number nine role? Um, I'm scared of De Bruyne just crossing it because he has like a vertical leap of LeBron James. So that no, that's it. Yeah, I, there, there I think se- seven of his goals last year, just looking at this, seven of his goals were headers. Um, you know, obviously, you know, he's not going to score 
too many free kick goals. We've all established that, but like thirty goals is thirty goals, Cam. It's, it it's is, a top it league, is. and you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking what he's done. He's a, he is a phenomenal football player. There's, you know, unless he's world class, he's, he's he's the second best football player in the world, or or has been, or was for the last fifteen, of a you know, ten yeah. years. You know, you know, he's consistently been up there, and he's proved himself in different leagues. So. You know, let's let's not forget that. And we know he, you know, he knows the Premier League. He knows the physicality of it. Um, he's he's immensely fit. He's immensely strong. Um, so there's there's no real issues, I think, in him adapting again back to the pace of the Premier League compared to Sierra. If you notice the, you know, he went from obviously Premier League to La Liga to Sierra. So the pace of the game was getting, I think, slightly slower. So easier for him to adapt as he's got older. To come back into the hustle and bustle of the Premier League again might be an issue, but it's Ronaldo, and you, it, you don't think it will be an issue. Um, it's just whether he actually fits the style of play that mm. City play, and and that would be my question. And you said Grealish was a vanity signing. I'd say this is the vanity signing. It's just about. It's more about we're just going to sign a number nine because we need a number nine sort of thing, and, it, and it's like, if where where is your planning here really? Is it you're just going to take him for a, a short period and you're you're banking on Haaland or Kane next season then? Because Haaland's got his a uh, buyout clause mm. of seventy five million euros for next season. So is it just for really they'll give him a two year contract and say, look, you know, you'll play a year and then we're going to be. You know, you're not going to be playing so much next year because you're going to be 37. You know, you really, really be able to hack it at, at that sort of thing. You know, just bringing him, in, bringing him in on select games when you want to give Haaland a rest. Is Ronaldo going to be happy with that, with his ego? Because let's be honest, he, he's not short of an ego, is he? So. Oh yeah, you can see him playing till 45 somewhere. In America, he'd be like, he'd be like sporting Lisbon till he's 75 or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Like he's, he, he's going he, after that Japanese player's record, isn't he? Oh, probably. Like, I mean, he's such a f- creature. Like, he's such an obnoxious creature if that, that you can just like drunk a can of coke. I think he'd implode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's basically where we're at with him. I just, I, I agree with both of you. I, I don't see it. I, I think it's mm. City throwing shit at a wall, basically, because they can. And as, as this article says, quite rightly, the only other club who could possibly be in for him is PSG. And it's got nothing to do with the comparatively small transfer fee. It's got everything to do with having to pay someone half a million a week. Yeah. Um, so that's basically what it's all about. So look, it's uh, we'll watch this space. It's going to be an interesting one. The other one that I just wanted to mention at the top of the show, because everybody's talking about it, um, is the uh, Mbappe thing because this to me stinks what's going on there just there's a bad whiff off it um, I think he's going to be a bit available for nothing next year unless I'm mistaken and now I've seen Sky I mean wow they've got some absolute weapons working for that channel absolute weapons I think that Cave Solicol fellow was coming out saying the other day that um, you know uh it, Real Madrid want to do things the right way and offer a fair price of 150 million. It's like, hang on, are Real Madrid not busted into oblivion financially? How is that doing things the right way? How is that possible? You know, it just it just all stinks of spin and 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 as if they're being briefed. Um, what's your take, guy, on on the Mbappe story and how it's panning out? I'm not sure. I think. Obviously, Real Madrid have been interested pretty much before he even went to PSG, and I think PSG were the only one willing to pay, what was it, 180 mil euro or something like that back? 167 million pounds, that's correct, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I, I, and he's, he's obviously talked about wanting to join Real Madrid for a long time, but I think PSG finally realised, oh, I shouldn't say PSG, I think the PSG owners finally realised. Yeah, we can't really lose like a two hundred million pound player for free, cause you know, football does pretend to have like FFP and stuff like that. Albeit no, nobody adheres to it, but you have to pretend that you adhere to it. Um. So yeah, lo- losing Mbappe potentially for free, it, it, 
they've got to pay for Messi's wage, Neymar's wage. Um, they're linked with like Pogba for next season, wanting to give him five hundred grand a week. So selling Mbappe, I think they turned. Apparently, I, I don't know if it was the Sky BS, but they apparently turned down one hundred and thirty mil. Um, yesterday or the, or earlier in the week, um, and Real apparently bid like one hundred and sixty today. I think it is actually. So no, that be euros. Yeah, something like that. But it, it's it it's just ludicrous. Like one year left. Like I don't see the logic in it at all for Real Madrid. And as you said, Trev, a financially like buggered Real Madrid paying a hundred and whatever mil nearly up to 200 mil, and then he'll be on at least 500 grand a week. Like, how does a, t- how does a team that is not as buggered as Barcelona, obviously, because I don't think anything in the world is as buggered as Barcelona is, um, afford that? Like, Well, I, I've got I've got the answer for you. I've got the oh, answer go for on, you, then. because they've, they've been, again, this is more spin and stuff that's been leaked and briefing and all the rest of it. Uh, and I, I I can only imagine. Maybe I'm very cynical in my old age, but there, I've seen all over the place various claims that um, City can make up to 35 million on shirt sales from Ronaldo. So imagine what Real could do with shirt sales from Mbappe. Now we know that that's patent bullshit, um, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's being floated out there as a potential financial offset. I mean, look, it's bananas, guy. You're right. You're right. That makes no sense. I mean, Cam, you you probably been watching this as well. I and... have actually, yeah. What um, do you reckon? Well, Leonardo made a statement. That's um, right. The PSG yeah, footballing yeah. director. That, that was interesting. Yeah, and he came up with uh, some really interesting points. Firstly, he said, "We want what we paid for him. So, um, we're not going to let him go for a penny less." So that means 180 million euros. And secondly, um, Mbappe has apparently always stated he will never leave PSG on a free. So the ball is totally in Real Madrid's court now if they want him, according to Leonardo. That's the that's that's the line they've set. You can't go on a free next year because you so what they've done is what he's done with that statement is he's told the P He's, he's letting the PSG fans know these are the T's and C's. Mbappe knows this. Real Madrid knows this. It's up to them now to to come to the table on our terms. If they're not prepared to do that, then it's totally on Mbappe and Real Madrid if he leaves uh, next year on a free. Because he's always said he's never going to leave PSG on a free. He will not do that to them. So they've, they've really right. put the pressure on right. They've really put the pressure on Mbappe now because... No player wants to have have the fans turn against him because if they now think he's if he doesn't sign a contract, the fans know he's leaving for free next season, and they're going to be on his back for a whole season. So that's not a healthy healthy situation to be in. So what that tells me is Real Madrid, uh, PSG are putting this out there. A compromise will be reached of sorts. He will sign this summer now. He will sign in the next five days, whatever it is, uh, for Real Madrid, unless he signs a new contract. And can you work out how they can afford that? Who, Real Madrid? Yeah. Yes, yeah, for the Spanish government. Say again? For the Spanish government. They'll bankroll it. They'll buy the training ground and lease it back to them again. They'll buy the stadium and, and uh, you know, they'll buy 10% of the stadium and pay him half a million euros or something there'll be something they'll, they'll do something daft like that they this is real madrid you know they they are arguably the biggest football club in the world they, yeah. they want a player they will find a way of getting that player too big yeah. to fail cam too big to fail yeah yeah <laughs> yeah indeed so um it at the end of the day i would love it if somehow he was leaving on a free and he had a choice between all the clubs in the world, and he said, "Yeah, I'm going to Liverpool FC." Oh, you know, that, that, that be, you know, it's a pipe dream, you know. But I, I do, I have heard that he is a, you know, and I'm sure everybody else has. He's a huge admirer of Jurgen Klopp. He loves Klopp. He was apparently tempted by, you know, before COVID struck, of, of coming to Liverpool. That's what I was hearing on the grapevine. 
that he, you know, he, he would love to, you know, come to Liverpool, but the, the sticking point was always going to be, and has always been wages. It, it, it comes down to the same thing with um, the way we pay wages. We don't pay ridiculous base wage. Can, you have to earn the wage. Can I ask a slightly depressing question? Go on. Can you ever see Jurgen Klopp at Real Madrid? No. I, I, guy, I don't think so, man. I, I like, I, I, I don't think so. And people often sort of surprise you, disappoint you, whatever. But mm. Jurgen's all about the soul, and I don't see how he connects there in the way that he feels he needs to connect. I think the only other job for him after this is, is the national team. Mm. That's it. That I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I genuinely hope that what we're looking at here is uh, the. An ongoing dynasty that that Jurgen Klopp is is establishing here, um, uh, an ongoing period of success. I, I kind of believe that. I think that is the case. I don't think we're done with the two pots that we've put in the press under him, um, as well as all the other incredible stuff. And this bunch of players, I don't think they're done either. An interesting chat with a few people yesterday around the idea of transfers or not transfers and how you can actually hope we keep get people in and also think that this current squad could win everything. I think that's probably a fair enough assessment. Um, keeps you away from the extremities on Twitter as well. Just one more transfer story, two more transfer stories before we get into talking about the Champions League draw, which is kind of going to happen as we're recording. We might be lucky enough and get some information before we finish. Um, but Cam, I'll stay with you just briefly on this. Did you see the Harry Kane statement that, where he talks about how he's going to be staying with Spurs this summer mm-hmm. uh, and thanking the fans and this, for the support he got and all the rest of it? Yeah. Again, wildly disingenuous stuff from Kane who must, I mean, the fans must know. I, I saw some, if you look at the comments directly under his tweet, uh, the first one was Regulon, the Spurs player going, oh, we love you, Harry, and several mm-hmm. other players saying, uh, sort of, uh, people that people jumping on saying thank god you're you know such a star but i would imagine there's a lot of Tottenham fans who found it all a bit tasteless and might have soured a bit on him as a result or maybe they're just not in a position to sour on a player that's so good um what did you think of that because to me it just really just looks like what it was which was they couldn't get the transfer over the line um yeah to City and uh, he's making do because he had removed himself, hadn't he, from training and stuff. Yeah, he'd, he'd um, been missing um, or taking an extended break, shall we say, which is the official line. Um, had he not also sort of said at the end of last season he was leaving? That was it. And, um, you know, he wanted to move on. Um, so he'd let it sort of be known that, again, he he wanted to leave and now he's let it be known that he is staying. So by saying that he is staying, that that confirmed that he wanted to leave. Um otherwise you wouldn't need to tweet tweet that, would you? Now it was a, it was only what was it last summer or the summer before he signed a six or seven year contract? Yeah. Um, and um there was no release clause in there like Jack Grealish had. You know, that if we don't qualify for a Champions League and a Champions League club comes in for me, you know, they can buy me for that much. He was happy to sign that contract. He, he, he had no qualms taking, you know, a six-figure salary on a weekly basis. Yeah, um, and at the, at the time, it seemed like a weird one, didn't it? You thought, like, if he's a properly ambitious sort who wants to be seen as one of the best in the world, you would have thought there would have been no end of suitors, not necessarily even in the Premier League, but he could have gone, you'd imagine, lots of different places. But like you say, Cam, he was happy to and take the payday at Spurs. Yeah, so, um, you know, he's... To me, I'm actually quite pleased in a way he's staying at Tottenham because I think actually Tottenham play better football without him because the, otherwise when he's in the team, it's very much geared around Harry Kane. And... Don't get me wrong, he, he brilliant striker. He seriously knows where the goal is, and his his link up play with Son is phenomenal. Um, you know, and there's a reason his link up play with Son is really good because he actually used to be a midfielder. So 
as a midfielder, you have an eye for a pass. You've got to be able to pass the ball, if, otherwise you can't really play in midfield, can you? So um, he is, you know, a superb football player. You know, he's not a one-season wonder like what everybody thought when he first came into the team. I, you know, he's he's, he's got lucky this season. Well, he's a bit like I, Mo Salah, in that respect, because he was a one-season wonder as well. So um, he's just got to knuckle down and get on with it now, hasn't he? And, and uh, uh, again, you've got to think. Is there some sort of plan in place for next summer? Because this is going to drag on again for them as a club. They're going to have to go through this again next summer now as a club thinking, is somebody going to come in and make a bid and buy Harry Kane? It's not a good situation as a football, yeah. you know, to be in as a football club because that statement clearly says, I wanted to leave. But I'm not, I can't leave now. So, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're good. Good. Happy for I'm happy for me. Your tuppence worth on, on, on Kane before we move on to the red sky. Yeah, I think he just kind of screwed himself, really. Um, like, I'm, I'm I'm looking when his contract expires. It's 2024. So, yeah. Spurs don't need to sell. I, I personally think I agree. I kind of agree with Cam. I think when Spurs are in full flow with Kane, I think the not unstoppable because they've won jack shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but when when Kane and Son are in are in in proper sync, I think in terms of like duels in the Premier League, there's not really anyone who can match that. But yeah, I think if if I obviously being if you were a Spurs fan, I could understand why you'd want to keep um, Kane. But as a neutral, it's like get 150 mil for a how old is he? He's 28. He's got a chronic ankle injury, which is always keeps him out for a little bit of each season. You could get 150 mil, not in the last week of the window, because then you're kind of screwing yourself. But if you sold him just as the Euro was finished or whatever, and then you could reinvest that money, not stupidly like they did with the bail money all them years ago, but if they did it well, and seemingly they have bought well, going the bits and bobs I know of the players they've bought, but yeah, just... 150 mil for a player who is injured all the time and wants to leave. I I think they could like do what we did with Coutinho. I think Coutinho was less vital to us than Harry Kane is to them, but I think oh. we could have a have a a similar I don't know upping in quality of the entire squad rather than focusing on one player. Enjoying this podcast? Then why not supercharge your support for the Reds with Anfield Index Pro? With around 30 premium podcasts every month, AI Pro offers the very best reviews, reaction and debate on all things LFC. From the acclaimed statistics and deep dive analytics found in our Under Pressure podcast, to the transfer links, scouting reports and fast live reaction shows we record after every match, AI Pro is home to our very best content. With regular appearances by Reds legends like Jan Molby and Sir Kenny Dalgleish, plus insight from journalists, sports scientists, coaches and psychologists. We'll help bring you closer to the club you love. There's never been a better time to take AI Pro for a test drive. Available on all popular podcast platforms, with free apps for iOS and Android. You can try it absolutely free with no strings attached. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com to start your seven-day free trial now. You know, that's a brilliant point, and it's a lovely segue because what a glorious piece of business that Coutinho deal is starting to look uh, or has been looking over the last year to really, when you think about it. Um, and let's use it to segue back into Liverpool-related stories, albeit an outgoing, because that's literally all we have to talk about. I know someone who has, inverted commas, contacts um, is now saying that they don't believe there's going to be a whole lot um, and they had previously been optimistic of one or two coming in uh, very late. Um, I think, you know, there's more contracts that have been nailed down. Andy Robertson, the most recent, and I think, you know, still Jordan Henderson, Mo Salah, hopefully they get done soon too. Um, but we have seen Jordan Shakiri leaving. I think it was 9.75 million I saw is the most repeated figure I saw anyway um, to Leon. Uh, Shaq's 29. And, you know, Klopp never really fancied him. Not 100% as a starter, for sure. He he, he made 63 appearances for us, eight goals, nine assists. 
Now, you can remember at least one or two or three of those goals, and you certainly can remember one or two or three of those assists because they were absolutely crucial uh, ones at crucial moments, in the same way that Divock Origi's legacy is sort of there forever. Um, I always liked him. Um, he, I, I I liked watching him. I, I think I rated him more highly than our manager did. Um, but then I don't know what it is he's not doing um, and that, that, that you're going to want to do. I could guess when it comes to maybe um, defensive nous or that type of thing. Um, but look, I look back on the Shaq years with a smile on my face. I have to say, I liked what he gave us as a player and I'm, delighted for him I think uh, Leon he's going to be um, big fish in a small pond again I'm not saying Leon's small club don't get me wrong but I think he, his star status there will be a lot higher than it was at Liverpool um, and he'll be up against opposition that I think he'll be able to do more outrageous things with his outrageous ability I could be wrong um, but I look forward to seeing what happens there with that it's a bit sad we only have outgoings to talk about and it's a bit sad we don't have more outgoings to talk about um, because an awful lot of people think that's a key thing to do. But just on the Shaq thing, Cam, where, where, where are you on that? I mean, it's an interesting it's an interesting wee story and like I say, a bit grim that all we're talking about is lads leaving. Um, but, you know, um, we were told that if we wanted anyone in, we'd have to get at least two or three out. Yeah, I mean, it, it's an odd one now for... Um... If he's not replaced, then you have to question why did you let him leave? Because he was a useful squad squad player. He was never going to be a starter. He was never, you know, good enough to be a starter. But he he was he was a good option to have on the bench, and he was a, a good option to have as a starter when we needed uh, to give somebody else a rest. You know, you could play against the say the lower level teams and and have an impact in that in that way. Um, so I, I'm not sure what the strategy here is of, of letting him go. It, it's it's quite baffling um, because, like you say, um, um, I'm hearing now that nobody else is coming in. You know, our transfer business is done. I, I really hope when you said that, that you had your finger, one finger on a, a, a pretendy earpiece in your right ear, had you? When you said that, I'm hearing... <laughs> That's how no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite one of your spirals. So, uh, well, off the press, ladies and gents. I can uh, tell you that uh, PSG have just agreed the sale of Mbappe too. I'm Munich. Um, so um, yeah, it's it's just a really really odd odd bit of business uh, this late in the window. Um, I just I just don't get it. I'm baffled by it. I mean, he he never had the as big an impact as we would have liked, apart from the, you know, the assist for Ginny in the the Barcelona game, the couple of goals against uh, Man United. Um, apparently, there was a goal against Everton, which, I, for the life of me, I can't remember. Um, and, and and that's about it. It's very very minimal impact, wasn't it? But then he didn't cost us a lot. What was it? Thirteen million was his release clause at Stoke when we signed yeah, him. I think so. Yeah. So. Um, did we get 13 million or say 5 million plus wages, 4 million plus wages worth of business out of him? I'd argue yes. I'd argue yes, we did. You know, the, that Ginny assist alone against Barcelona was mm. probably worth 50, 60 million effectively, wasn't it? Um, if not more, because obviously we went on, you know, we all know that we are that beat Barcelona, beat Tottenham, won the Champions League, and that was worth what, 100 million pounds whatever it is in prize money so um he 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 certainly paid paid for himself uh so i wouldn't say we've lost out on the deal i'm just thinking we've lost out on a squad player so you have to question who is going to replace him in the squad now yeah you know, it, 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 yeah youngsters who is it i don't know yeah, well, we've got we've got a kid who's looking very promising, and we've got other lads who might be able to stay fit for once. Who knows? That could happen. But I like where you've brought that, and it's a good one for me to hop off, guy, as well. Because last week, guy, we were talking about replacing the mythical Ginny minutes, mm. and Cam linked in with Ginny there. With, you know, Shaq's assist for said player. But, you know, Cam asked, how do we replace him? We just got off talking about how do we replace someone as impactful and influential as Ginny Wijnaldum. Um, 
well, the answer appears to be we try to replace him from within our squad. Um, are we double dipping here, replacing Shaq as well from within our squad? Well, I think we just looked at the centre-back situation from last year and went, let's roll the dice again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, I think Shakiri's obviously not as vital to replace it. It's not even about... I think I'm like trading Shaq out and Harvey in, that's spot on for me. That's great for me. But, I mean, we've got Harvey covering two positions then because Shakiri. He did play midfield the odd time, but we had to change everything for him to play midfield. So you've got Harvey covering two positions. You've got Milner covering covering 11 positions, and he's already been injured this season. Um, You've got Henderson covering two positions. Thiago's covering two positions. Naby Keita, I mean, we're going to have to pray with him if he stays fit. It's just, I think it's, without signings, it's just stretching the versatility of every single player to a fault. Like, we saw the impact injuries had last year. Now, I don't think it'll be possible to get the same injury crisis we did last year because that Jesus, was. Jesus, ho- I hope you're touching wood there. I am actually. That. I am. Yes, good lads, good lads. <laughs> um, but we saw when people had to play out of position, one, it took down the quality of the, the performance like a lot, but it also put extra stress on Fabinho and Henderson specifically. Yeah, the knock on, the knock on yeah. impact. Yeah, yeah. It, they they just got screwed as soon as they had to play two positions, pretty much. Um, so I, the lack of trend, I, I am quite worried if it's not going to be anything. Um, like I'm not asking we should be signing Ronaldo or Mbappe or something like that, but like Saul, for instance, he's linked with a Lord move to Chelsea. Yeah, can, that's can we, grim. Can we not loan a player? Really? Yeah, the issue with Sal, from my understanding again, um, from what I'm hearing, uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> um, uh, are his wage demands. He, he's, he's, his wage demands are his what he expects as a basic wage is on par with our top earners. And how can how can you bring a player? I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a wonderful football player. He's fantastic, but is he on a par of a Virgil Van Dijk and a Mo Salah? No, sorry, he's not. Again, you know, we there's this thing. You know, I mean, I was, I've got a little theory. Um, I don't know if it's right. I'm just going to put it out there now um, because obviously we are talking transfer, so I may as well let the whole world hear this now, or the or our twelve listeners anyway. Uh, hey, hi everyone. By the way, um, we we go on about um, signings, and we should be signing this player, and we should be signing that player. From again, from what I was hearing, again, you know, with my little links, is um, and again, there's there's no truth in this. I'm just putting it out there. Klopp's the one who's not actioning the, these final signings, certain ones anyway. Because he doesn't believe those players are going to improve us. He wants players coming in who he thinks are going to be the next Mo Salah or be as good as Mo Salah he or as good as Mo Salah or, or good as Andy Robertson, as good as, you know, we've got six, seven world class players in our team Alison Becker, Trent, Robbo, Virgil van Dyke, Fabinho, Mo Salah, Thiago. Yeah. I'd argue, though, that's seven world-class players we've got in our team. Klopp now wants players who are going to come in to that standard. You know, from from what I'm being told. And I'm like, well, that's not going to happen. It just doesn't work for us. FSG don't operate that way. Does that contradict itself with the Saul thing? Like, you won't pay him his wage. But he won't pay him. Well, this is it. They've got a... If if everybody... This is a little shout-out to the Money Talks podcast this week where they had the uh, Peterborough... Chairman on Dara, I can't remember his surname. Mick Anthony. Mick Anthony. And um, how he said they've got a certain checklist, you know, and if if the player doesn't fit that checklist, you know, the, the, the vast majority of that checklist, they're not signing the player. Could it just be that because of his wage demands, that's a big no-no on the checklist? You know, FFP operate in a certain way. They've they've run this club in a certain way so that 
the club is self-sustainable. You can't break that for one player. I, if that's not going to work, if that's going to go out of your the way you operate as a business. Now, football, I know, is not a business. It's emotional. But FFG have been there for over 10 years now, 11, 12 years almost. This is the way they operate. And I, as much as anybody, want them to suddenly say to Jurgen Klopp, here's 200 million pounds, Jurgen. Yeah, go and have some fun. Get in the best players you want. But the, the knock on that could have on the club long term. We've seen what bad policy and management of finances can do to this club. We were days away from going into administration. Days. We've never been more secure as a football club. I want this football club to be there forever, but I still want FSG to be able to say, here's money, here's finances. So what if it is actually Jurgen who's saying, no, I don't want to, I don't want that player because I work, I want to work this way. I'm happy working this way. I I like that challenge. This mm. goes back to why I don't think you would ever go to Real Madrid. Because Real Madrid will all say, well, well, well here's here, you know, here's the money. Don't we don't care. We'll we'll find a way. I don't think that's in Jurgen's ethos as a person. What I'd to operate say, that. What I'd say that coming like if Klopp like obviously we're asking for midfield and stuff like that, but if we go back to January if Klopp's saying no to a centre-back when his only fit centre-back is Joel Matip, someone has to take that decision out of his hands because that's just stupid. <laughs> I, I'm not saying in January he wasn't, you know, after mm. centre. I'm just saying this summer, uh, again, what I've been told is he was offered two free players and he said no. Klopp's the one who said no. You see, I can... I've, got, I, 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 I've got nothing on that. I can't mm. say that with 100% certainty, so don't, mm. don't shoot the messenger here, please. But from, from what I've been told, Klopp has, has not actioned certain deals because he does not believe that they are going to be... He, he, the problem with Klopp, I, I think, is he's too loyal to players. Mm. He's overly loyal to players. We've seen that. Yeah. You've seen how loyal he is to Henderson. You've seen how loyal he is to Ox. There's no way he's getting rid of Ox now. Ox has just had a kid. Yeah. There's no way he's going to sell Ox this summer and uproot him when he's just had a kid. That's not. That's not. I missed that. Sorry. Uh, he can go to Everton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Man City. You know. Two hundred mil for Ox. It's fine. Yeah. So. But, you know, and that's the type of person Klopp is, and that's the way he operates. It, it, it's, he, he's, he's different. He's different breed. He's different kettle of fish. That guy. Mm. He, yeah, I, 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 I buy into what you Thrives on that challenge. He needs that challenge. He loves that challenge. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what I, gets. I, that's what gets him out of bed every day. And he's jumping out of bed thinking, I, I know this is what I got to do, and I know I can do it. I'm the man to do it. Because yeah. he's never been he's never been a checkbook manager. He's I'd never bu- I, I'd buy into that cam on, on, on a couple of levels and I like the idea of, you know, people being presented to him and perhaps he has said no to a few because it's not the right you talked about checklists. you you definitely have to be the right kind of lad um yeah. um for Kloppo. Um you have to the, that's that intangible box of being a good lad seems to have to be part of the whole package isn't it it's more than just a good ladder what i'm saying is they edwards has a has a criteria of what the player is should be oh yeah yeah yeah, no no but what i'm I'm saying is it's it's a i'm trying to make the point it's not just klopp as well obviously it's the whole for want of a better word two words transfer committee they've got a they've got a set of set of criteria and if it doesn't fit most of that criteria they're going to say no yeah, for example, if you are a world class defender and you're not six foot seventy five, then you won't get signed by Liverpool because they have decided they want very tall defenders. That just seems to be the way it goes. So yeah, there are going to be things like that. I'd agree with you, but I think it's a tough one for people who are desperately anxious for us We're to, all you know, you know, like it's, it's 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 a real grey area. You yeah, know, it really is. It is. It's horrible. It's a horrible area, and it's a it's a contentious 
topic as well because uh, it seems to be it seems to bring out sort of passions in people uh that they can't seem to bite their tongue i mean honestly i spend my entire day and yeah. i want like i'd like this on the record i spend my entire day uh you know avoiding twitter these days and when i do because it's a habit you build up over years but when i do my entire time on twitter i'd say 90 80 to 90 percent of it is wincing at things that i see from people who i like and just going, well, I bet I best say nothing, uh, whether that's something to do with society or politics or b- general beliefs about how things are, or reality versus whatever, or sport. I just go, yeah, best best not chime in there, but other people can't seem to fucking help themselves. And so they chime in and they make themselves miserable. Um, so I don't me, know. Me and Cam are muted on Twitter then, are we? Absolutely, you boys, <laughs> you boys have been gone since 2004 before Twitter, before Twitter ever existed. I just knew. Uh, yeah, see, look, look, it's it's an interesting one. And look, in the meantime, and guy, I've no idea what time we ran here because with my um, technical difficulties there in the middle of the show, yeah. uh, we, we're at an hour, are we? Yeah, I mean, okay. we could we could jazz about for a bit because they're they're nearly doing the Champions League draw if you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah but that'll take still another twenty yeah. minutes to get the whole draw done, won't it? It will, and the rest, and the rest. But yeah. you, uh, uh, what we can do is set it up because it is the only show in town, uh, and they have drawn, I think, the first yeah. group. Like they've the drawn first the first, team, yeah. the first team in each group. Um, <laughs> so we know the first eight teams because that's <laughs> what that one was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But but what we can do is we can talk about the teams that we could be up against. So the pot that Liverpool are in is pot two, and I honestly have no idea how they do this shit. I honestly have no idea. Uh, I thought there was some sort of coefficient where our recent success in this competition would Le- league winners and Europa League winner is pot one, and then it's coefficient and stuff. League winners uh, and Champions League winners. Yeah. Okay. So your your co doesn't kick in until okay 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 so that's why so we're in pot two with real barca juve man <laughs> united psg sevilla and dortmund i'd and argue possibly pot two might be stronger than part one fucking hell i would argue definitely just, just a tad yeah <laughs> by the names that is not necessarily by the you know form or anything like that no, but just but by yeah, the names, you're right in, in terms of in terms of status yeah. in, in world football shit um so then that means that we have pot one is to to go to that pot chelsea uh, villarreal uh bayern man city atletico inter milan sporting and Lille. and honestly there's at least half of those that you wouldn't really mind if you had to pick one to avoid, it would probably be City, I guess. We we can't get English clubs. And we can't get English clubs in that early stage. So, I mean, that leaves um, Bayern, Bayern, Bayern Munich, and Atletico that you'd be you'd be Atletico and Bayern you'd be pretty wary of, of course. Pot three is Porto, Ajax, Shakhtar, Leipzig, Salzburg, Benfica, Atalanta, and Zenit. And again, it's a sliding scale there, but you know, I don't like the idea of Ajax in my group. I don't like the idea of Atalanta in my group. They're a good team. I don't know if they're on the on the way in a bit. Zenit could be good crack. Um, Dejan back on. Yeah, get Dejan back in the loop, you know. Uh, and then pot four is supposedly now where we have the inverted commas weaker sides. Besiktas is in there. Dynamo Kiev is in there. Bruges is in there. Young boys have made it to the big man's table. Uh, AC Milan is in that fucking pot. Malmo, Wolfsburg, and the wonderfully named Sheriff Tiraspol. Uh, <laughs> nice. So no doubt, I, I I will say it here live as a prediction, that will be who City get. Uh, yeah. 100% guaranteed. Well, not Bruges. With, with, Mackle, with Macclefield and Bury. Bangatown, <laughs> yes, exactly. not in it this year. Didn't they get through? <laughs> there was a there was a league club league cup draw during the week. I, I could be wrong, but I think we got Norwich, didn't we? Yeah, in the Carabao. Yeah. Uh, whereas again, City got like a home know, draw against Wickham, was it? Wickham. There you go. I mean, it's 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 bloody There's spectacular. Nothing going on there. It's so no. good. So no, good. It's all, it's all, all good. above board. 
all above board. Uh, so look, like you said, Guy, we could stay on and sort of witter away and hope that they do this. But, but anyone who's ever watched this draw knows how excruciatingly long the process is. So I don't Doing know. the first ball, it might be us. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'd like to get be in the in the group with Bayern. Why is that? Uh, the reason I say that is because Bayern are likely to beat the other teams, the other two teams. We're likely to beat the other two teams as well, and then it's just uh, straightforward between us and Bayern to the next round, isn't it? I'd quite. Well, like, I guess I'd quite it, like Inter Milan. Yeah, they they they're going to struggle with uh, Hakimi and uh, Lukaku, well, aren't they? Isn't isn't the San Siro getting demolished? I've no idea. Think... Oh, so... Well, they were playing at Atalanta last year, weren't they? I think. Or were no, they not? Atalanta were playing in the San Siro. Oh, Atalanta were playing in the San Siro. Right, okay. It was the other way around. How have, I, how have I managed to miss a story about the fucking San Siro think... being demolished? I think they're getting a new stadium, aren't they? I mean, seriously, that's worth googling that live as we speak. Yeah. It's not great, great podcast material, but it's certainly one we should check because Jesus, that's an iconic stadium to be knocked to the ground. The San Siro could be demolished to make way for a new sixty thousand seat stadium to be built on the same site as part of a one point two billion redevelopment <laughs> scheme in the Italian city. Serie A sides AC Milan and Inter Milan, who both play at the San Siro, are expected to share the cost of the project. Ah, okay, so it's off out in the future. They'll definitely be playing yeah. there this year. Yeah, well, I, I love the idea of Liverpool playing in the San Siro. Love it. I love that stadium. I've always loved it. Um, so yeah, that that I I, I join you on the uh, on the Inter Milan tip. Um, aside from that, honestly, does one thing Liverpool have proven in Champions League over the years? It, it honestly doesn't matter who's in your group. When we got PSG, everyone winced, and then we did what we did against them. You know what I mean? I it's love just them games against PSG as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. That game at Anfield, they know I was I was in the cop that night. Wow. Wow, what a game! What a game! You know, you, 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 we were. Oh, we two, two, two nil up at one we, point. We, we can't get into Milan. <laughs> it's re, Inter Milan, Real Madrid, Sporting Dortmund at the minute. Huh. Yeah, I just saw the wonderful caption here. I've got the you know Champions League. Uh, live stuff here on the Guardian website, and it just has this brilliant. Oh, we're up. We're up. We are. We're Go up. On. Go on. Where that? It's just we got to do the five minutes where they got to spin the balls and pick the. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so it's us. Um, and then you've got to decide which group because we can't go into the Chelsea and Man City group. Yeah, so we we can get Bayern Munich, Atletico, uh, and uh, Villarreal. It's going to be Atletico. Let's have a looky. Mystic Travis spoke. Group B, which does not help me, I think. That's Bayern, isn't it? It's Atletico. It's Atletico I Madrid. Right. Atletico. Yeah, I was right. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> ah, so Saul's going back to uh, Atletico. Oh, no, I shouldn't say that, should I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw, I saw, I saw the, the the little legend here. Branislav Ivanovic is ready to draw the teams from pot two. <laughs> so, <laughs> So okay, look, we 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 stayed online long enough yeah. uh, to hear the Reds are drawn against Atletico. After that, the group's all going to be uphill, downhill, whatever way. Yeah. It's going to be a challenge. We know that, uh, and we look forward to it. And we'll be covering it with you here on the Anfield Index podcast. Myself and Guy and Carl and whoever else we rope in as the year goes on. Man City really PSG, by the way. Are you what? Man City PSG, the curse oh, is over. Oh. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Yeah, but they'll still get Sheriff. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Sheriff are definitely going in that group. Um, I should start wrapping it up. So you can keep an eye on it in the background for us, Guy. If there's any breaking news, let us know just at the end. But for now, Cam, anything to finish out with? Um, I suggest uh, everybody looks up Ben Brereton, uh, the lad born in Stoke who is the face of uh, the Chile national football team for Pepsi. Right. I, Fascinating I, story. I honestly haven't, I, I can't follow any of that. Just run, run it past us again. Ben it's, Brereton. Uh, the right. lad born in Stoke called Ben Brereton. Yeah. And he Good is the, the face of Pepsi in Chile for representing 
the Chilean national football team. Ben Berriton Diaz is his full name now, I think. It is oh, indeed. Okay, okay. <laughs> it is indeed. I think the story goes that someone on Football Manager discovered he part Chilean. His mother is Chilean. Yeah, something like that. I think. Yeah. That he and, was... uh, and then there was like a a clamour from the fans in Chile to get him uh, to represent Chile, and the the manager eventually decided to look at him. Um, he hadn't been doing that great. Uh, at club level, he's currently at Blackburn Rovers. He played for Nottingham Forest um, and uh, he got rejected. He was a Stoke City supporter, got rejected by Stoke. So he's he's not had the, the greatest pass, but he's done quite well. He played in Copper America recently and he, and he scored a couple of goals. Mm. This is tremendous stuff. I don't have time to talk to you about what I wanted to talk to you about. I wanted to talk to you about, um, I read a really interesting radical feminist take of Ted Lasso, uh, but that would take an hour. Uh, so I'm just going to leave it at that and tell everyone that um, there's a new episode of The Great Stories coming out this week. So do keep an eye on that and I'll go to Guy to wrap up. Well, with my live update, which won't be live by the time you hear this, Bayern in Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> This is getting good. Yeah. Uh, Juventus and Chelsea. Ooh, I, I missed that. I was yeah. listening. Lille, Sevilla. Well, there's the crap group. Yeah. Yes. And Sporting yeah. Dortmund. Who's going to win the battle of the crap groups? I think I think Cam's theory about PSG and City will be fine now. It doesn't matter. They can just play each other, yeah. kill each other. They'll get two other teams and they'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope that's how it works out with us and Atletico as well. Uh, so you don't have anything specific to wrap up with because we'll get dragged into this again if we. Yeah. <laughs> we Villarreal, Man United. So there's Man United. Good luck. There you go. Yeah. All right, let's 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 leave it at that. Thanks to to Guy there for the last minute live updates. Uh, this has been the Anfield Index podcast. I've been Trev Denny. You heard Cam Branch and Guy Drinkle. We'll be back with you soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.